Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pump the Brakes Formula One podcast. My name is Tim Jarvis and here with me, as always, is Chester. How are you going? Chester. Very good. It is time today for the Portuguese GP Race Rewind, where we have a rather in-depth look into the key events of the race and how each driver fared. So, first off, Chester, what did you make of this race overall? It was a bit disappointing, you know. I was hoping that Max, Max and um, Valtteri Bottas would, one of them would win. But once again, it was Lewis winning. But it wasn't too bad. It was a, it was a pretty entertaining race. But yeah, I was hoping for a different result. But it was alright. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's pretty fair. For a bit of it for me, I was really waiting for a safety car um, in that. Yeah second part of the race where Hamilton just was unassailable there just kept bringing off his lead at the start it looked like it was going to be a genuine three-way battle as you said where we had a bit of a back and forth there Bottas off to a great lead at the start the Stappen passed Hamilton um, at the restart and then passed Bottas eventually um, on uh, just after Bottas had come out of the pits there we had all sorts of things going on but um yeah, then after, on the second stint, it really was just Hamilton was just too good. You really could say, and we'll talk about it a bit later, whether it was the car or just Hamilton's greatness. But, um, yeah, it, you know, just an average race, I think. Nothing too terrible. There were some fairly good overtakes around the place. But um, what? just one question on those overtakes. What do you make, What what's your opinion on the sort of style of overtakes that we got at Portimao? And we did get the same last year where it's really just the DRS um, having an effect. It wasn't quite as bad this year with a slower, with a smaller straight, but um, obviously not ideal just having very simple overtakes like that, is it? Yeah, well, it's a bit, it's a bit of a foregone, foregone conclusion if there's a, if one guy is only, is close to someone who's ahead of them and they're on the DRS straight, then they're basically, they've basically got them. So, and it's a bit boring where all the overtakes are the same basically the same overtake but yeah it wasn't as bad as last year but yeah that, and what that, can you what, what can you really do about that also? yeah that's right well hopefully and we're seeing a little bit this year the cars are a little bit closer together in terms of their pace so mm-hmm. I think eventually um, we won't have to have a DRS if and also if the cars in the new versions of cars coming next year if it's a little bit easier for them to follow each other um, yeah. around the track well then hopefully we won't need something as um, I think it's Martin Brundle describes it pretty well as, as a blunt instrument that the DRS is you know it's yeah. not the nicest way of making more overtakes and hopefully in the future we, we won't need it but for the time being it, it's much better to have it than not have it I think yeah yeah it's a it's as of now the only fix but it's not a good fix yeah that's right and just one final uh Thing overall in the race was it did look like potentially we were going to have a famous Bottas chase down well maybe not so famous it really happened too much in the past but <laughs> it would be famous if it did finally happen um, yeah. but we were sadly deprived of that by him having a sensor issue uh, there so that was another just you know just unfortunate thing that happened which stopped yeah, this from being good from being great yeah we got unlucky there battery but yeah, that's for sure. But let's go into a bit of a deeper look into each driver. So, Chester, let's start us off um, with our race rundown. 
Yeah, first Lewis Hamilton. As you said, it was, at the start of the race, it looked like a good, it was going to be a good, um, very competitive between the top three. But then, you know, Lewis basically drove a flawless, flawless race, especially in the second half. But for his whole race, there was nothing really you could say that he did wrong other than maybe the restart. But yeah, typical Lewis Hamilton race, just not making any big mistakes, driving basically perfectly. So, yeah. Yeah, well, you, you say that he didn't make many mistakes, and it is true, but um, he did have that fairly bit of a, a blip there um, on the restart where mm-hmm. Bottas really just tricked him into thinking that he was going to wait longer than he did to actually restart, where they were both getting some heat into their tyres. And it was perfect timing by Bottas. Hamilton just went to do his last weave, and Bottas was <laughs> off and... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Good. And then Verstappen got into Bottas' slipstream there and almost had a huge amount of pace compared to Hamilton coming, going along the straight there and got past him there. So, yeah. But, yeah. But um, that's where it, it was just the, the pace of the Mercedes on that hard tyre in the end. Um, yeah. Hamilton was pretty easily able to get back past Verstappen. Um, but even there, it, he did show his skill as well after the race they kind of looked at those few laps around there and saw that Hamilton was sort of backing off a bit through the start of the lap and through the middle to protect his tyres for the end where he was Verstappen and then that one moment where Verstappen went a little bit wide at turn 14 there he saw his chance and pounced as soon as possible so mm-hmm. you do see with, with Hamilton he take he might have messed up once but he's definitely not going to miss two opportunities to to get the lead is he yeah no that's for sure that's for sure yeah um and uh then max verstappen yeah max (coughs) it's a bit similar to lewis (coughs) at the start of the um at the start of the race and then lewis pulled away i thought he drove very well but a few mistakes cost him like as you said going wide in turn 14 yeah, his, I think the um, the pressure of actually competing for the world championship has made him make more mistakes than he than we're used to. Because in previous years he's been obviously a very good driver, but there's not really been any chance of him actually winning the world championship. But now that his car is basically the same pace, if not faster than the Mercedes, it's basically it's just his, and it's just that it's just his driving that makes him win or not the there's a lot more pressure and I think that might be getting to him but nothing too dramatic I don't think it will affect him too badly but yeah just that little bit of added pressure yeah it's a good point you, you make and it's one of the the big storylines of this season of is whether Verstappen can handle that pressure and whether he can really consistently take it up to Hamilton throughout this season and that only time will tell um yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was really sort of an inverse race to Hamilton where he looked really good at the start with the overtake and um, on the medium tyres at the start looked like they had a bit more pace. But then, as I said earlier, just when he went onto the hards, just nowhere near Hamilton in terms of pace. And even Bottas was catching him at certain points. So we'll go into a bit later whether we think that was the car or whether it was him. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, pretty disappointing weekend, I would think of Verstappen missed out on the pole lap yeah. um, largely through his own error and then just in the race was just really not able to like when you 
when you overtake Hamilton early on in the race, when you've got a pretty similarly similarly paced, um, paced car, you know, you would be pretty disappointed to, to give that up and to, in the end, lose by quite some margin. So I think they'll yeah, be quite, sure. quite disappointed um, with that weekend. Yeah, but... At least it's good. It's a good takeaway for Red Bull to know that their car was basic was the same pace, had the same basically the same amount of pace except for on those hard tires as the Mercedes, and it was largely Verstappen's mistakes that caused them not to. Yeah, not to win, basically. So. Yeah, yeah, that, that's for sure. But um, we we have come a long way from from testing where we thought it might have been the Mercedes, you know, only just kind of getting up into pace with the Red Bull but now again the story yeah what we're all saying is that it's the Red Bulls just hanging on to the Mercedes there in terms of pace but then uh, our bronze medalist uh, for today yeah Valtteri Bottas it was a pretty good race for Valtteri Bottas like he had very good pace almost the same pace as Lewis Hamilton really but as as you said a bit earlier he got very unlucky in certain spots like having that sensor issue right when he was uh, gaining on Verstappen, and yeah, he's he's an unlucky guy. Verstappen, um, sorry, Valtteri Bottas, and you know, every, I think a lot of people are rooting for him to close the gap on Hamilton, and um, he gets unlucky, and also obviously the strategy isn't made for him, so I don't know if that will ever come to fruition. But yeah, not overall, not too bad a race for Valtteri. Would have liked to see him challenge a bit more, but. Mm. Not not too bad. Yeah, well, we kind of dared to dream that it might have been something different at the start there where he got off to a great start, um, wasn't overtaken, yeah. and then on the restart was good again. But in the end, it was very typical race for Bottas. He had a soft defence against Hamilton, um, really, when, when Hamilton made that overtake initially then, kind of just going into the inside line, the harder line, and then just letting Hamilton whiz around the outside there. Um, yeah. And then he had a slow pit stop, which is often um, one yeah. of Bardas's sad things. And, and that put him out only just ahead of Verstappen. And really, he just didn't have the tyres there. And Verstappen was pretty easily able to go past. Um, and then he was quickest for a while through like the lap 40 to, to 50 there. And then an exhaust sensor error, as, as we've said, um, stopped that hope there. So, yeah, really, you do... You do have to, to feel for the man. It is a bit tough. But um, yeah. in number four, uh, would you say pretty good race by him? Yeah, Perez, um, he stayed out there for a long time on the mediums. 57 laps, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was running in first for a lot of the race because of that. But mm. um, yeah, his tyre management, as always, was very good. And he, there was a chance that he could have um, backed Hamilton into Verstappen and, you know, held held Hamilton up enough to um, get Verstappen close enough to him. But I think Red Bull were mainly hoping that there'd be a safety car so they could get a free pit and yeah. him, him still be up there, But which is why they kept him out there for so long. But he did a very good job managing the tyres, um, as I said, because 57 laps when no one else really got even close to that amount of laps. So yeah, not not too bad for Perez. I think Red Bull wouldn't be too annoyed by by his race. Would have been nice to see him get a bit closer to Valtteri, but yeah, overall solid race by Perez. Yeah, 
yeah, Red Bull echoing my thoughts of, of wanting a safety car there. Yeah. But I think a good sign for uh, well, how Red Bull would be much more happy with Perez um, as compared to Albon and Gasly in the past was he did he lost out to Science and Norris early on, but then he was very quickly able to get back in front of them again. And so many yep. times with Albon and Gasly, we would see them get overtaken by slower cars at the start and then take almost the whole race to get back ahead. And then when they did get back ahead, the gap was would be so great to those in front that, you know, it, there wouldn't be any opportunities for different strategies or for backing up, as you say. Um, so that was a good sign. The only disappointing thing for Perez would be uh, that he wasn't able to get the fastest lap at the end there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, overall, uh, a good weekend for a driver who's pretty quickly getting used to um, his new car, I would say. Yeah, he's had a very good start to the season as a new driver at Red Bull. A lot, Obviously, a lot better than the previous second drivers, as you said. So. Yeah, but we've got our first driver here in fifth who's having a great season. Yeah, yeah, Lando Norris. I wouldn't say Daniel Ricciardo is a second driver, really. I think they're both like 1A and 1B, basically. They're both yeah. basically when when by the time Ricardo gets used to the McLaren, and I think he'll get his pace back and be about the same as Lando, which is good sign for McLaren. Yeah, Lando fourth ahead of the Ferraris. Good race by Lando. Had some had a good overtake, as we'll talk about later. Yeah, fifth had a quite a large gap to his teammate Ricardo, which is always good to see. And yeah, he's for the first three races, he's definitely been the number one driver at McLaren. We'll see how that goes for the rest of the season. But I think he's looking a lot more serious this year. He's not joking around as much, which is a bit annoying for the fans. He's the funniest guy in F1. But yeah, it's really looking good for his chances. He's a lot more focused, I think, on the actual races, not just making memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's really... Um... I think uh, excelled having a really high quality teammate next to him. Well, not that Carlos Sainz wasn't, but he's really taken the opportunity to really take the next step this season, I would say. Um, and yes, as you said, this is our overtake of the race. Yay! Um, Norris's overtake at turn eight over the, the crest of the hill there it was almost blind for him, but he went around the outside and got past Sainz. Um, a fantastic overtake. They were all the ex drivers, Martin Brundle, and everybody were praising him for the basically the whole rest of the race, and then in interviews afterwards as well. So, yeah, people might one of the few one of the few overtakes overtakes for the whole race that weren't just only made just because of the DRS. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. And this is our first segment of the well, our first um, time doing this new segment of overtake of the race um, and we're going to do one for each race going through the rest of the season and we'll tally them up and see who is truly the best overtaker and so Norris gets out to an early lead here but yeah. overall for the for the rest of his race uh, I think it was really as good as he could be getting fifth there obviously the pace they're still uh, a bit behind the pace of the um, the McLaren is but uh, notably, he also Norris also made the medium tyres work at the end of the race as well, something which many drivers really struggled with. So um, I don't know if it was the McLaren maybe being a bit stronger on that or Norris himself making it work. But uh, 
yeah, overall a good weekend for him. Yeah, yeah, very good. Now on to Charles Leclerc. My prediction, if you remember in the qualifying, was that he would um, overtake up to Sergio Perez and come fourth, which didn't quite come true, but still, he over, he went, where did he start? He was about ninth when he started. Started at ninth, I think, something around there. So yeah, he made, he gained quite a few, he gained a few positions, which was, which was promising, but wasn't able to get up to fourth, like I was hoping. But yeah, pretty good race for Leclerc, faster than Sainz by quite a bit, so. I think he'll be happy with his race. Yeah, well, it was an interesting one for Leclerc because obviously in qualifying uh, in Q2, uh, which sets the tyres for the race, he did his fastest lap on the mediums, um, along with quite a few other drivers, I must say, but different to Carlos Sainz. Um, But then starting the race on the mediums, on his first stint after the race, he, he said it was almost undrivable on that he really struggled they they just died so mm-hmm. and even throughout the weekend before that did a lot of the talk was that that medium tire wasn't a very good tire so i kind of asked the question of why he was so intent to to start the race on the mediums uh, and that actually that's why he was further down the order than science um because because he kind of jeopardized his qualifying just to be in the mediums but then it turned out that the mediums were no good. So, yeah, um, it's a bit yeah. strange, really. But yeah, I think just a bit of a miscalculation there by Ferrari. But then, as with a lot of drivers, when he got onto the hards after lap 26, um, he showed much better pace than Science's teammate, and probably they probably Ferrari, when they look at it, would you know in the in the course of the season would like to be finishing above the McLarens. That's where they're key fighter is going to be and they didn't do this this race but um, yeah not not a terrible race by any stretch of the imagination for him yeah and, no, uh, yeah I agree I agree and then but this next guy a fantastic race to him yeah Ocon Ocon the Renault's had a good race overall but yeah Ocon a great race for the Frenchman one of Ted's favourite drivers yeah yeah but I've always liked Ocon just because he's a bit different to the other drivers really he's He's obviously comes from a poorer background to to a lot, and um, yeah, that I would like to see him do well. But this race, it was a pretty quiet one, really. I hardly <laughs> saw him up on the uh, TV. They, they didn't really show him a huge amount. Uh, didn't yeah. have any any great moments, but no bad moments either. Uh, he only lost one position um, in the race and uh, had good pace throughout. So um, <laughs> really. Nothing too much you can say about him, but the big story is, as we say, an incredible improvement um, over the course of, of the weekend for them. Yeah, for sure. Alonso, I've been, um, I let's just say I haven't been very high on Alonso's hopes of being a, a, a good driver for, uh, for, for sorry, Alpine. But yeah, he had a very good race. It was incredible. He just... As soon as he went onto the hards, he was one of the fastest cars on the track. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And he really did bring back his old sort of form there, making short work of Ricardo, Science, Gasly. He was going going through them all there. Um, yeah. And uh, he had some of the best pace on the track, not not just of kind of the midfield. He was 
lapping better than, well, almost just as good as the Mercedes at, at certain points on the hards there. So, yeah. um, a cool performance by him. Mm, it was incredible. Yeah. And then uh, in position nine, Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, Daniel Rick obviously would hope to be further up the order, but I don't think we can really take too much out of it because he's obviously still getting used to the car. I think eventually, obviously, he'll um, be faster. But the funny thing was, he was in eighth and um, McLaren thought that he would be challenging Sainz, who was seventh. And then all of a sudden, Alonso overtook all three of them. So, yeah, that was that was strange. But Yeah, it, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing there. And I'm just having a look what tyres uh, he was on uh, on that last stint. I'm not sure exactly what he went on to. I presume he was on, on the last hard. stint. Yeah, he was on hards for the last stint. On the, the, on the hard. five laps. Yeah, so there was no excuse there either. Yeah, I think it was just that Alonso was so quick. Yeah, I think that's the only way you can uh, conclude there. But he, yeah, he made short work of all the rest of the, the pack who he should have been above after his poor mm-hmm. qualifying. And yeah. he did have some, some some great pace at certain points, even lapping a bit faster than Norris in around lap 30, uh, I noticed there. So, yeah, um, probably some good signs uh, amidst kind of more of the same mediocrity really for him and and you say that you can forgive him because he's a new driver but soon enough and I think he knows it he does need he even said it throughout this week in his words he needs to pull his finger out and hopefully for the sake of all of us fans it won't be too long because it makes for some sort of tough watching seeing him down down in, in these positions yeah for sure for sure now onto Pierre Gasly you know, an average average race for Pierre Gasly, not too bad, not not obviously not incredible, but yeah, he was a lot faster than Yuki Tsunoda, so you know, he's ahead of one of the Ferraris in Carlos Sainz, which is surprising, and Ferrari obviously wouldn't be too happy about that, but yeah, pretty good by uh, Gasly, got to the point. So. Yeah, I think it's quite similar to Ocon, really, just a, a quiet but, but solid race. Yeah, for sure. Ah, uh, now onto Carlos Sainz. The Ferrari's down at 11th. A big gap to Charles Leclerc. Ferrari wouldn't be too happy about that. But just like with Ricardo, he is a new driver and I think he'll improve once he gets used to the car. But same as with Ferrari, he doesn't have too long to be for everyone to still be saying that he's get, only getting used to the car. It's been three races now and he's still not. Like he's he's been oh, he's been pretty good for the first other two races, but yeah, this race not the best. But I think he'll bounce back. Yeah, yeah, it was it was an interesting one with science. He had even at the start he had a bit less pace than the McLaren with Norris getting past him, um, and then he tried the undercut on Norris after that, and that was just an unmitigated disaster, really. Yeah. That was on, on lap 22, and then for the rest of the race, he was on the mediums. And Ferrari, they, they really put a lot of faith in those mediums. First with, <laughs> they loved him. <laughs> yeah, first with Leclerc, and then they, they tried to have Science do it for, what, almost 30 laps, and that just did not work at all. And in, in uh, Portimao, when you are falling down the order there, it's just a vicious cycle. I remember Ricardo had a similar thing last year because... On that 
um, on that big straight, you try and defend and go to the dirty side of the track and then you get stuff on your wheels and that jeopardises you for a few laps. So your pace gets even less and then that puts you into the next person below you, um, puts you into their grip and they overtake you and it, it just gets worse and worse. So I feel yeah, for some sure. it is quite hard to resurrect the situation when you do start falling down the order like you did. Yeah, for sure. Now, yeah. Antonio Giovinazzi, a, good, a very good race for him, 12th. Who would have thought that an Alfa Romeo would be coming 12th ahead of two Aston Martins and, and Alfa Tauri? So, yeah, good good race for Giovinazzi. He had good pace. Obviously, he had a good qualifying too. And I wasn't I wasn't sure if he could um, translate the qualifying into the race pace, but he did, didn't lose any positions. So, Yeah, yeah, they would be very happy with that. Alfa Romeo um, and they are a bit of an, an enigma actually and they have been for the last couple of seasons because they haven't done as well in the qualifying but their race pace has always been very good and they've always made up a lot of positions in that so there's been some talk that it's really just that potentially Giovinazzi and Raikkonen aren't getting the most out of the car in, in qualifying so if they yep. could and they did with this race start to start a bit further up the order, they could mm-hmm. start to push, well, as we see here, really get in front of the Aston Martins, uh, yeah. which is just remarkable, really. Uh, there's a huge money difference um, between those teams uh, this year, sure. with all the new money coming into Aston Martin. So, for sure. yeah, disaster for the 13th place Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, yeah, you know, he obviously was faster than his teammate, Lance, only by one position, but either the new regulations have absolutely just destroyed Aston Martin, or they're just have, having a couple of good uh, bad races. Like Lance wasn't hope wasn't terrible the last two races; he was pretty good actually, but got points in both of them. But yeah, I think I'm still I, Lance Stroll's one of my favourite drivers, and I still am holding out hope that they'll they'll improve over the over the course of the season. But yeah, definitely a bit strange what's going on with them now. With obviously Vettel not having the best, not having a good start to the season at all, really. And now below an Alfa Romeo, which is, if you had have told me at the start of this season that um, an Aston Martin, two Aston Martins would be below an Alfa Romeo, I would have thought you were crazy. But here we yeah, are. That's for sure. Um, probably. A good thing for Vettel was that he did get overtaken by Stroll for a short time there, but in the last couple of laps, he managed to get back ahead of him. That was good on a personal level, but looking at it from Aston Martin's perspective, it was Stroll who had the new upgrades for this race, and <laughs> yeah. he was, you know, you would expect to have done better, and um, <laughs> if anything, it was worse. So, you know, that really, you've got to question the direction they're going. They're starting from a pretty low base. And uh, <laughs> if they go down anymore, well, uh, they could struggle to, to get past the Williams. <laughs> yeah, this is... Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I hope and I think the whole sport hopes so that um, they, they do start to improve. They may spend a little bit too much time perfecting their livery, which I think is the best <laughs> livery, and uh, not enough time on the actual car. That's what it seems like at the moment. And... But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a long season, that's for sure. It's race three of what twenty three or something. So yeah, uh, we won't jump to too many conclusions. But um, all you can say is at the moment 
it couldn't have been any worse, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, pretty, yeah. Well, I think we've already covered Lance, really. Basically the same as with Vettel, other than the new upgrades not really making much of a difference. But, yeah, on to Yuki Tsunoda. Dis- well, disappointing race as he was so far behind Gasly, but, you know, he's a young, young driver and new to the team. I think he's going to have races where he's off the pace a bit and Gasly's obviously a very good driver so not in the long term not annoyed not too um, worried about Yuki Tsunoda but yeah not the best race this race yeah well I think probably the focus for him in this race was staying on the track yeah. uh, and uh, just having a good consistent weekend uh, yeah really it, it's what you would expect um, his gap to AlphaTauri nothing uh, to, to Gasly Nothing out of the extreme. That he's showing that he's got enough talent to, to be good in, in Formula One, yeah. and, and with also has a lot of talent in P sixteen. George Russell. Yeah, well, George Russell, he was he was good in qualifying, but yeah, in the race, the uh, the peaky downforce, as they called it, they went on for a long time about how that could be a Birmingham gang. That was a bit strange, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, the peaky downforce every time the Williams got anywhere near any other cars basically they didn't have any grip so that would be something they'll have to work on and that's the reason why George Russell lost some positions in the race you know I think he had good pace when he wasn't near any any cars but as soon as he went to overtake anyone he just couldn't get past because uh because of the peaky downforce so yeah yeah that, that's right undrivable was the word Russell used so that's, yeah. uh, that tells you all you need to know there but uh, there is a few commentators have questioned whether, you know, they've, they've started to improve, or well, at least Russell has, um, in qualifying. And probably now is the time that they'll start to focus and shift their cars set up um, to work on what actually works best in the race. Even if that means sort of sacrificing a bit in the qualifying, um, focusing more on, on the race. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it actually... Even even though the race was pretty poor, um, it shows steps in the right directions over the whole weekend. Looking at, at how they're going there uh, for the Williams, yeah, yeah, they're definitely not like last year. They were basically by far the worst team in on the in in every race. Basically, they were the worst team. But now they're ch- obviously challenging Haas, and I think they're better than Haas, really. So. Which is which is good, and and now P seventeen uh, has Mick Schumacher, very impressive in my opinion for Mick Schumacher. He's been better this season than I thought he would be. Yeah, he uh, was faster than a Williams, Nicholas Latifi, who I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think he's very good. No one really cares about him. But um, yeah, Mick Schumacher, very very impressive race for me in my opinion. Obviously a young driver, first year at the team, and yeah, to be not coming second last is very impressive. Yeah, he, he got a little bit lucky with that overtake on Latifi um, because Latifi had a huge lot of oversteer there, slipped yeah. the car right out, and that's what allowed him through. But uh, as you say, the fact as a first-year driver who isn't known for you know jumping on the scene and doing really well early on um, yeah. in, in new um, competitions, uh, the fact that he's even close to the um, to, to the has to, uh, uh, to the Williams is very impressive and yeah definitely going in the right direction 
Um, and then I'll let you talk about Mazepin. Uh, oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> I I said in the qualifying that I didn't mind him, and I was hoping that he would um have a. I I think I thought and I hoped that he would have a good career in F1, and then he went and ruined big Checo Perez's lap. <laughs> Ted Ted sticking up for him, saying that he didn't know he was coming past, and he. But when you're last, if there's someone coming behind you, that means you're getting lapped. You don't really need blue flags to tell you that. You don't need to challenge challenge their the overtake. It's it's not like he thought it was some guy behind him trying to overtake him. Mm. He was last, so I don't see how you can make that mistake. But yeah, yeah, you you, you do have a point, but I, I think at the moment with Mazepin, it's taking so much of his effort um, and concentration just to simply keep the car on the track. <laughs> um, you know, he, he, yeah, I don't think he has the capabilities to really be thinking about who's around him or anything like that. So I I don't think it's anything malevolent on Mazepin's behalf, a lot of this. It's just simply that he's really not up to it at this point and that's all that really needs to be said. All right, well, if, if we don't make a podcast next week, you'll know where, what's happened to us. The Russian uh, has came and yeah. taken us away. But <laughs> Yes, yes, well, yeah, we better keep quiet. But uh, then to finally round us off was Kimi Raikkonen, uh, who perhaps the, the old eyes are playing yeah. a bit there. He just ran into the back of That was the stuff. strangest collision I've ever seen. He just I think he had a bit too much... Um, oh, what do you call it? He was going too fast because of the uh, the pull mm. because he was right behind the car and didn't, didn't judge how quickly he was coming up on the car in front of him and just hit into the back. Yeah, well, I thought it was originally that as well, but he actually said afterwards that he was changing something on his steering wheel as he went around the corner, but he put it into the wrong setting. Oh. Uh, and then, like, on the straight, changed it again and looked down. Uh, and then, yeah, the proof was in the pudding. What happened there? So, yeah, right. yeah. That's um, it. I hope he doesn't. Yeah, I hope he doesn't have any more of these because that's uh, showing his age a little bit there with those sorts yeah. of mistakes. Well, on the um, on the broadcast, it looked, and it did look like this. The commentator, the commentators thought that his front wing just exploded. That's how yeah. weird the crash was. Well, yeah, it's not a face where people normally really crash, just on a straight. No, no, not at all. It was quite, quite bizarre there by, by Riken and uh, but just another story to go in his fabled career. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now we'll move on to uh, a segment uh, that we have here: burning questions. Uh, do you have any burning questions? Having watched the race, what are your big questions uh, for the next races going forward? About anything in the. In, in terms of the drivers, in terms of tracks, in, in terms of the FIA, it could be anything. Yeah, well, I think it's not really a, um, like a, it's the comment, the, uh, the not, it's definitely not a controversial pick, this this question, but will Aston Martin improve and their, will their pace actually live up to the hype and the money that they've spent on this car? Mm. And I think the answer is yes, I think they'll end up at least improving, maybe not as good as they were last year, but at least improving to not being 13th and 14th and having an, having an Alfa Romeo in front of them. But mm. yeah, not a, not a, definitely a um, very normal, not a um, strange pick there for that question. 
No, but it, it is definitely a storyline that we'll see unfold in, in the next few races and uh, along with whether Vettel um, can, can get a bit more form up uh, as well. But my yeah. question is up, a bit higher up on the grid is who actually does have the fastest car at the moment? We mm-hmm. saw a few different answers to that um, on the weekend. The Red Bulls seem to have the quicker car in qualifying despite not actually getting the pole up, but um, as we've spoken about, that was largely through driver error. So they had it in qualifying. Um, and then in the race, they, it looked maybe just as fast as the Mercedes with no real difference, um, splitting the two on the medium tyres. But then on the hard tyres, the Mercedes looked better almost to a similar degree as it was last year. So is that actually a genuine re- representation? Are there actually that much difference between... The, the cars on different tyres and that is it just because the cars aren't as good on certain tyres or certain things or is it that Verstappen um, isn't actually living up to the pace that the car has and we saw a few times throughout the weekend that potentially that actually could be the answer that mm-hmm. um, compared to like obviously Verstappen is, is driving very well as he always does but compared to what Hamilton is able to get out of his car um, we saw at turn 14 a few different times, first in the race, um, allowing Hamilton to get past him after that on the straight. And then we're, even when he went for the fastest lap, um, going going off the track and getting the, the lap deleted. So we saw a few mistakes there. Uh, but then even in, in turn 8, that corner where Norris made the great overtake, uh, throughout the race on the radio, Red Bull was saying that that was where Hamilton was gaining a lot more time, mainly just by being a bit more aggressive, carrying a lot yeah. more speed through there, um, going through the, uh, going a bit wider. Um, so the question is there, is that just that Verstappen doesn't see himself able to do that and isn't, isn't doing it, is being more careful than Hamilton, or is it the car doesn't allow it? So there's a lot of elements to that, but basically... Uh, I think we'll start to see potentially at Spain a more uh, known circuit, a more uh, a true. Well, it is. It's the. It's normally the tr- test track. So we'll probably start to see are those discrepancies in terms of how the cars perform on tyres realistic, or is it that Hamilton is just getting so much more out of the car, um, or what's the story there? So uh, just just quickly, what what's your opinion on that? Yeah. Well. I think it's a mix of both. Like, I think that the, as I said before, the pressure of actually being in the race to be the best driver in the world and win the world championship is not getting to Verstappen, but is just making him make that a few more mistakes and not quite race like how we've seen him race earlier on in his career when there wasn't as many consequences to his actions and he was sort of just more instinctive, I think, with his racing. But... I think he'll work. He'll iron that out, and you know, get used to the pressure. He's a very good driver, obviously, and yeah, I don't think it's too much of a, a worry. But yeah, I think it's a mix of both. The Red Bull and the Mercedes are similar, and Lewis obviously is a right as of right now a better, I, in my opinion, a better driver than Verstappen. But yeah, I think yeah, not it's not too it's not a heavy majority of either. It's just a you know a mix. Yeah, and uh, that that's the great thing about this season that there are these 
unanswered questions that hopefully um, we will still soon start to see the answers to. Yep. But that concludes it, our podcast uh, uh, for this week. Um, thank you very much, Chester, for doing this with me. And uh, we'll be back again after qualifying uh, probably tomorrow sometime. Uh, discussing the Spanish Grand Prix qualifying and previewing the race tomorrow as well. Many exciting things going on in the world of Formula One and we are always here to take you through it. Goodbye, Jester. See ya.